there's some things that I, I, I want to just lay out for you guys and to understand some, some basics about Christianity, the basics about life, some things that are unchanging. The Bible tells us about how God changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is God in the good times. God is God in the valleys, and he's God on the mountaintops. He is still God. But that's not always easy. But let me give you three principles, and I'm I'm just going to preach these over and over again as I tell this story. Number one, God is always good. God is always good. He's he's not just doesn't have good or he doesn't just show good. It's not that he has good qualities. God is good. Oh, give thanks in the Lord for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. God is good. It is who he is. It's the nature of God. It's, it's, It's what comes out of him and everything God does is good. God is always good. God is always with us. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I, I, I know no matter if I go to the fire, if I stand in the lion's den, if I face a foreign country where they're shutting the door, I can promise you this. I don't have to fear what man can do to me. The Lord is my helper and I don't care what I face. God is always with me. He made me that promise. He said, I will never leave thee and I will never forsake thee. The third principle that we will preach is God is always in control. For the kingdom of the Lord is the, is the Lord's and he is the governor among the nature uh, nations. Our God reigns. Our God is in control. Our God has a plan. It doesn't matter where you go, what you face. God is already there and God already has it worked out. And sometimes, I'm going to be honest, sometimes my perspective gets messed up. It's like with my kids, and I tell my kids, Daddy loves you. I will never leave you. I'm going to be there. I'm going to take care of you. Daddy loves you. And I instill that in my head. It's all good until you go to the doctor and you have small kids. Have you ever had the doctor come up to you and say, Dad, he's going to get some shots, and I'm going to need your help? And you're standing there going, I'm not giving no kid no shot. Do you know what role you play in there when you have to do that? They say, I need you to hold them down. Why I do this shot. Now I'm, I'm holding that child and I'm loving, I'm kissing them. And they're like, this is where I like to be. You know, this is this good thing. And, and, and you're holding them and, and you're loving on them. And then the first shot comes and you're whispering in their ears, daddy's here. Daddy loves you. It's going to be okay. They're thinking, then make them stop. They're not thinking daddy's good and daddy loves and daddy, you know, that's the last thing on their mind is thinking that. But it messes with our perspective. It doesn't make sense. If you are good, then why does this hurt? If this is good, why are you letting it happen? Because I know that that bad, that for a temporary moment is going to turn into good. And we know that with God, all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. So let me tell you this story, a story. And I I just want to point this out. In Acts 16, 16. When they were gone to Perigee in the region of Galatia and forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. Verse 16 of Acts 16, verse 7, And after they were come to Mysia, they essayed to go to Bithynia. But listen, but the Spirit suffered them not. 
I've always wondered what it'd be like if you could see beyond the door or beyond the spiritual realm. And a lot of times we say things like this. Well, I was going to do this, but the Spirit of God wouldn't let me. But in this passage right here, it's kind of spelling it out. That Paul and Silas were like, we're going to go this way. And God was over there. No, you're not. So, you know, they were like, and continue on in the next verses. And, and, and they said that they were going to go in another place. And the Holy Spirit went over there and said, no, you're not. So all of a sudden, God directs them to Macedonia. In verse 9, And the vision appeared unto Paul at night, and there stood a man of Macedonia, praying him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. Can I say to every missionary, thank you for answering the call. Thank you for the fact that there's nations that are crying out to rocks and sticks and stones and, and statues. Not because they don't care, it's because they do care. They just don't know who to care. They don't know who to turn to. They're crying out and God works through the Spirit of God to send you to those places because your labor is not in vain. And after he's seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia. Or surely gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. I'm going to ask you a question. Who sent them to Macedonia? Who sent them to Macedonia? God sent them to Macedonia. God sent them to Philippi. Can I tell you that God is good? God is always with us and God is always in control. They get there and I'll speed through the story a little bit. They get there and they, they find these people by the riverside and they sat down with them. And then this Lydia lady comes up and she's a seller of purple and they gathered and worshiped and she got saved and baptized and the family got saved and baptized. And, and then she said, hey, I've got a, a room in my house. And they were like, yes, that's great. Paul, God is good. Silas turns and says, you know, that's right. You know, just said, man, God, God's got this all worked out. God is good. Attend this, and they go on, and it came to pass in verse 16 that as they went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed of a spirit. And this girl comes up, and she's all messed up. And they cast that demon out, and all of a sudden, by the time we hit verse 22, and the multitude arose together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. And all of a sudden, everything changes. Have any of you guys ever been doing good and following God? And, hey, I'm here because God led me. I'm in this country because God led me. I'm a parent because God led me. I married this person because God led me. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. This is not what the leading of God looks like. We begin to question. We begin to doubt. We get, we get discouraged by the way, Paul and Silas were targeted. You know why? Anytime you take the gospel and you step into the dark, you're going to stand out. You say, why? If I'm doing this, am I being picked on? It's not that you're being picked on. You just stand out. If you stand up in school or work or wherever you go and you lift up the gospel, you will be targeted. If you go counterculture, you will be targeted. It's just the way that it is. We are ministers in a messed up world. We are lights shining in the darkness. Ministry is not always glamorous. Paul and Silas were just people. Were they missionaries? Yes. And they knew the Bible and they were in touch with God. But I'd say sometimes we try to spiritualize things. 
It says they were drug out and they were beat. Do you know what beat means in the Greek? Beat. They literally beat them. And sometimes we've got this idea that missionaries have this call and pastors have this call and, you know, they're, they're beating them and they're just going, you know, singing how great thou art as they're getting beat like this. No, it hurts. Missionaries hurt. Sometimes doing the right thing and allowing God to lead, sometimes it hurts. And we question And our minds begin to play tricks on us because sometimes we're battled with these things. And the Bible says they were stripped, humiliated. They were beat. I think sometimes for us it it comes by words. By by a church back home that sends you a message that catches you off guard of why are you doing this or questioning you or not supporting you. Hey, for every one of us, let me tell you, when words beat on you, when negativity comes in your life, it hurts. And they were restricted. They were placed in the stocks. Have you ever felt like you were stuck and you couldn't go anywhere? You just, this is not working. It may, maybe for a little while, but it's, they're stuck. And this isn't adding up. Can I ask you once again, who brought them here? God. And God is always good. God is always with me, and God is always in control. But if I was Paul and Silas and I'm in that spot right there, that's not what I'm thinking of. And sometimes when you lose your job, that's not what you're thinking of. And when your kid is sick or you're sitting in children's hospital in the waiting room and all those things, that's not what you're thinking of. And our minds will play tricks on us. And we, we get this idea that may, maybe it's not worth it, or maybe I made a mistake, or maybe I shouldn't have done this. And this story, and I, I know you guys know the story, the story is often focused on the earthquake and the power of God showing up. And we love to tell the story of the Philippian jailer and how he was saved and the family and all that, not, no, not denying any of that happened in this. But you can imagine the conversation that happened between Paul and Silas in this passage. Now, I know at midnight they prayed. I know that happened. I know they sang after that. I know that happened. But I think sometimes, you know, you just, you just talk out loud to each other, and it could have been just like, Paul, where, where did we go wrong? Have any of you guys ever questioned yourself when you're parenting, or if you go somewhere, or your ministry's struggling, or whatever, and you're saying, honey, where, what happened? Who led them there? God makes no mistakes. Sometimes my feelings and emotions and frustration gets in the way. Let me tell you for all of us, let me say to every pastor here, let me tell every Christian here, every missionary here, sometimes it's easy to lose focus. And I imagine somewhere in the midst of that problem, in the hurts and the pain and the frustration and everything, we question God. And I'm not saying Paul and Silas did. I I don't read in that. I'm not going to add that in there. I don't know. But I can tell you, for me, in those times, we can either look up or look over. We can either look up or we can look at where we're at. We can focus on the fact that we're stuck or we're hurt rather than looking at God. It's a choice. Can I tell everybody here, we're going to come and you're going to be stuck in life. And things are going to be stripped from you. And you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be hurt. And there is a choice to be made. Because I tell you, beyond the problem was some great victories.
But sometimes in that moment, we give up. And we walk away and we quit. Because we forget that God is with me and that God is in control and that God is faithful always, always, always. And so somewhere along the line, at midnight, I know, it doesn't just say that they praise God. It says that they prayed. And all of a sudden, sometimes it's not those prayers. And you guys know what I'm talking about. There, there's the prayers that you say before you go to bed. And there's the prayers that you say, you know, when you're praying with your kids before or before you eat and things like that. But then there's the prayers that you pray when you're hurting. You know what I'm talking about? Have any of you done that? Amen. Those are the prayers you don't want anybody else hearing when you're doing those. God, I love you, but this doesn't feel like love. And God, I'm frustrated. I'm just being honest. And you have that talk with God, and all of a sudden, he reminds you and says, Paul, I'm good all the time. And Paul, I am there, even though it doesn't feel like it, like that child being held by a parent as he gets the shot. Knowing that good is going to come from it. And God whispers to us, and sometimes something happens along from our heart, reaches back to our head, and God, through the Spirit of God, says, it's going to be okay Because we change our perspective back on God and off of ourselves. But let me tell you, we will all be in those places where we have to do that. Verse 24, who have received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And I know it was done in order like this on purpose. You see, the praise is an expression of the heart. I know what was in their heart because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. See, when when life was messed up, God was always good. And it, it was not normal for this to be coming in that situation. But all of a sudden, there was a peace that passes all understanding. But I think sometimes we complain more than we pray. Any of you else done that or is it just me? We get so frustrated that we, we vent more than we pray and we don't cry out to God in those situations But all of a sudden, they were overwhelmed with the fact that they knew that God was in control and that God would get them through. And all of a sudden, what was not normal, there was light in the darkness because of the music coming out of their mouth. There was joy in the midst of pain, and there was hope that was brought to the captives. Because the Bible says that all those that were in the prison heard. Let me tell you, sometimes when we get stuck in problems, it's not even about you. But God had to move you to a spot for him to get the glory. He had to bring you to a difficulty for him to get the praise. You can imagine as they bring these guys in and everybody's rustling and talking and things. And they throw them in and said, who are those guys? Those are those Christians, those radicals, all this. They think that God is this and God is that. The world is looking for us to fall apart. You know what the world wants more than anything is they want something real and authentic. They don't want anything fake and they don't want rituals and they don't want routines and they don't want all this religion and you have to go to the church and things like that. But now these Christians are stuck. And they begin to praise God and all of a sudden something came out of them that normally did not come out of them because they realized in their heart and mind that God was there. You have no idea who's watching you. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened And every band was loose. 
You say, what happened? It's going to be different in every situation, but I tell you, along the way, when we get in difficult, we give God the praise and the glory, and our attention gets put back on God, and not on our circumstances. God does something to show up to remind us that God is in control, that God is with us, and God is good all the time. When the keeper of the prison was waking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors were open, he drew out a sword that he would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. And all of a sudden, they realized their purpose and that God was not finished with them yet. Dad, I, I think there's some of us here, missionaries, pastors, moms, dads, teachers, whoever, you get to that point where you just say, it's just not worth it anymore. You get distracted. You want to throw in the towel. We begin to look up and we give the praise of God and we put our attention back on the one that is in control. And God steps in and God does something and he shakes up the situation so that he is glorified. And off to the side, there are people watching you. Whether it's your kids or people in your church or whatever it is, they're watching you. Watching to see what you're made out of. Watching to see what's real Watching to know if there truly is a God that listens to him in a time like this. But Paul cried out in a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we all are here. And when they called for a light, it sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Trembling, he could not believe his eyes. He was witnessing the work of God in a way that he's never seen. This jumped out at me. Then he called for a light. It's what we do. Every situation and everything that we go through, we're there to carry the light into the darkness. But it's just a question. If we're going to focus on God, when trials and hardships come into our life, and he brought them out and says, sir, what must I do to be saved? And I love this, that Paul and Silas didn't twist their arm. He didn't, they, they didn't try to manipulate or whatever. He cried out and saying, I want what you have. I want to serve a God that is real. I want to serve a God that is faithful. I want to serve a God that is in control. And they, believe, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Verse 32, and when they spake the words of the Lord... And all that were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and baptized, and he and all his straightway, he was brought into them into his house. He set meat before them and rejoiced, believing God with his house. Can I ask you a question? Now that they're in that house, and now that salvation, and now that lives are being changed, let me ask you one more time. Who brought them there? Sometimes we're way over here and we say, man, God, lead me. God, direct me. God, take me. God, God, bring me to this place. And then we get to the place where we know that God did it. We want to give up, but we want to quit because it hurts. Because it doesn't make sense. Because things seem to be falling apart. Because I'm stuck. We look up and say, God, I turn to you. God, I turn to you. And maybe it's the praise that God's waiting on. Wanting to know that if it's just words that we say when we're behind a pulpit or just the actions that we go through or if it's really authentic in our hearts and minds. 
God showed up in that situation and revival broke out and eventually that became the church of Philippi, which is where we get our book of Philippians. But let me tell you, wherever you're at in your life, you're either over there in the leading of God where you guys say, God, I know leading me. You're smack in the middle of that trial where you feel you're stuck or you're in the other side where God says, let me show you why I did that. Can I show you the good that is to come? Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. God is always good. God is always with us. And God is always in control.